Miracy. First step is decide. Second is to decide how you really want it to be. What is my five-star version of that outcome? And not deviating, right? Like we need five-star clients. I want a five-star launch experience. I'm going to have a five-star coach to help me run my group. Hello, and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and I'm here with my co-host Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Mericy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success. But as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we look to see if it's possible that something like the law of attraction can actually be a strategy to blow your business up. And if it is, can we clear up what this law is really about since there seems to be a lot of uncertainty and or misunderstanding about it? The perfect guest to do just that is Gina Gabellini, a master business coach for 26 years. Gina helps entrepreneurs make more money and attract their very best clients with stress-free strategies. Her particular zone of genius is liberating business owners from the curse of not enough and the myth of hard work pays off. Gina is the author of several books, including one she co-authored with Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Canfield, and Eva Gregory called Life Lessons for Mastering the Law of Attraction. Welcome to Gina. Let's jump right into this fun conversation. It's my understanding that you credit much of your business growth to the law of attraction. Am I wrong? You are totally right. <laughs> and so a lot of people will be asking, wait, but how is that a business strategy? Can you talk us through your understanding of that as a business strategy? And then we want to talk about some of the real specifics of how it helped your business grow up, grow up, blow up. <laughs> Both. <laughs> I'm glad that you asked about this topic because I feel like it's underutilized and people feel like, yeah, I know mindset's important, but they pay attention to it only when they have to, or like when shiz really hits the fan and they're like, oh my God, I'm a stress case. I need to figure out how to get grounded. And then they pay attention. So to me, the mindset is the fuel behind any single action that you take in your business. And whatever action you take will depend on your headspace. You can't very well attract clients when you're saying the wrong things or you're so focused on, am I going to get the sale? Am I going to get the sale? You're focused inward when you're doing that. And when you do that, you say different things. You're not as clear. You don't have access to your intuition. So to me, it's super obvious why mindset is so important. To me, it's like the only thing that matters. Because you're automatically going to choose smarter strategies. You're going to skip steps that other people take, you know, 10 years and it took you two. Because where your head is is so aligned with your end game that things just start snapping into place. Now, it's not magic. And I'm not saying like, 
I just sit here and I do nothing. We did the numbers the other day. It's like 1.3 million we've done from this marketing funnel. The whole time I was creating it, I was so of the mindset, like whatever I'm creating is going to be a winner. I'm only going to do what feels good. And then am I going to optimize and strategize the heck out of it? Totally. Of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's the mindset that's driving the outcome. It's very intentional. What was the first time that you actually put that into use as a strategy? Do you remember the very first time? I started small because at first you can say you want something, but your mind in the back of your head is saying, I can't have it. It can't be that easy. That just sounds like crazy. Well, I'm just going to think it and it's going to happen. Yeah, right. So I just began playing with it and began trying. Didn't always work. I started hating a lot of the stuff I was doing because I was (laughs) following the other people in my industry. They were all maniacs. They were like, oh, if you want to make a million dollars. At the time, I was just trying to make six figures. If you want to make six figures, you got to keep going out. You got to do public speaking. I'm like, public speaking? Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't want to do all this stuff. And then one day I just thought, well, what if I didn't have to do all the things I didn't want to do? I love it. If I started doing what I wanted, I could probably come up with better strategies to optimize whatever I love doing. Mm-hmm. Let's just try it. I try to treat everything like a game because then it feels a little bit lighter. It's more of an experiment, mm-hmm. which is also another fun perspective to come from. Well, if it's an experiment, I'm not as attached and I will not be as stressed. I won't be as resistant to this concept of I can do it my way. Let's just try. Let's just try. and. I just started playing bigger and bigger. I saw these people doing online launches and I thought, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to do one of those because those people who are making all the money, they look really stressed. (laughs) (laughs) And then one day I was talking to somebody else and he's like, no, you could do one, but you just have to make it fun. Yeah. Like don't plan it so that you're stressed, plan it so that you actually like it. And I said, all right, if you think I can plan it to have fun, I'll try. And I thought, well, if I'm going to try, we might as well set the intention and decide that we're going to do a six-figure launch, even though at that point I'd never made half of that in any kind of marketing campaign. I just kept saying, all right, well, if I were a six-figure launch kind of girl, what decisions would I make within the container of what would feel good to me? Right. And we did it. We did a six-figure launch and I was freaking blown away. Awesome. So those are kind of two basic questions you ask yourself, like what would a winner do and is it fun? And decide to blow it up. Like, how big can this thing be? And how easy can I make that journey from point A here to blowing it up? Mm-hmm. If I knew I didn't have to sacrifice anything, then how would I play? Because I think most people say, well, in order to win, I have to do a bunch of crap I hate. It's going to suck. And if I win, there's going to be a lot of problems I have to handle. Like, well, what if you didn't? set the whole thing up so you get to have all the pieces and it gets to feel good. The whole blowing it up gets to be this fun adventure and there's only rewards on the other side. I'm assuming things didn't always go perfectly, but with the attitude of I'm figuring out the way to make this work for me and to make this fun, as challenges came up, you approach it from that point of view and suddenly it's a game. It's an interesting, fun challenge as opposed to, oh no, the walls are crumbling around me. What's happening? (laughs) I remember our launches kept doing better and better. And then one year they didn't, and it went really bad. I went straight into, I was never meant to do this. Maybe I should quit. I suck. 
this is awful. I'm never going to meet my revenue goals. What did I do wrong? Oh, goodness. It was awful. I called the coach. I'm like, oh my God, we need an emergency call. He's like, no, you need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that the only thing that was stressing me out was that I decided, oh, I can't have what I want the rest of my year. If the launch didn't do well, that means nothing else is going to work. Oh, but what if it does? <laughs> it was such an eye opener. I ended up rebranding that whole program. I needed to tighten up my game. There were things about marketing I still didn't know. And this just brought it all up in my awareness. And then, of course, our year ended up being great. Did you do a lot of comparisons, comparing yourself to your colleagues? I totally did. And I used it as a weapon against myself, for sure. Ouch. I would automatically just go into, I have to get it perfect or else the partners who were promoting me wouldn't like me anymore if it didn't do well, if it doesn't make them money as well as me. You know, it was just all this. There's a, so much mental trash that we go through as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just painful. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> all right. So if someone is like, okay, I, I want to be integrating this kind of thinking, this things will work out. I can make this work. I can dream big. I should dream big. What if it does work? This kind of thinking, where should they start? What's a good way to get them used to this? I think every single day, people should ask themselves, what am I deciding for my business today or this week? Most people wish for awesomeness in their business. Mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone here is wishing to go big. Like It would be cool, but they don't take that thought seriously. And when you take it from wishing into what am I going to have, that's a whole different realm. I also think that there are two kinds of decisions, right? There's there's the decision that's like, okay, I am going to have that. And then there's another decision that's, I am going to have that. Like, I don't know if my acting is good enough to describe the difference, but it the, the, stop laughing, Ari. I was <laughs> so, laughing. At, I mean, there's just no. a deeper. <laughs> there's a deeper quality to a real decision. It's with certainty. That's what you're talking about. Like, no, this is a no kidding. Yeah, it's conviction or something. Oh, for an example, I talked about and knew that someday I would have a house on a lake, so every morning I could get up and I could go water skiing. I kept talking about it. I knew it was eventually going to happen. Then I started looking, but there was no certainty to back it up. And then I remember I was talking to my coach about it. I said, all right, I'm tired of talking about this. She said, all right, so when are you going to have it? I'm deciding I want to have it by the time the kids are back in school, which was August. It was April when I decided I'm going to have my lake house. And then instantly I got stressed. How's that going to happen? There's never even houses for sale. People always keep those in the family. They're never going to sell a lakeside house. What if we don't have the money? Am I going to be able to afford it? What if it's not big? I just had to keep deciding every time I got stressed. Hold on. I made a decision. It's not my (laughs) job to figure out how to get someone to sell their house. I just need to decide. Well, 30 days later, someone told me, hey, I saw this house for you up here. It's not even on the market. You need to come see it. Oh, my God. Sold. A month later, the guy handed us the keys. He said, I know your loan hasn't gone through yet. I want your family to enjoy it. Just take the keys. Who does this? I don't even know the guy. That's the power of a clear, legitimate decision. I remember that feeling when I first wanted to go spend more than just a week's vacation in Italy. 
I decided I wanted to live there for a while. And then finally, I said, it's happening next year. And within 24 hours of that decision, I already had the place I was going to stay. I mean, it was like a red carpet just kind of rolled out. So there really is a lot of power in an actual decision. And I think you can tell the difference. It's like a gut feeling. You, you can tell when you've made a decision. The word they used earlier that I love is conviction. Like, I know this is going to work. How exactly? Not sure yet, but that's okay. Yeah, it's like, game on. <laughs> I don't know how, <laughs> but this game is on. Possibly the way a lot of people understand the law of attraction is I wish and it comes to me versus I decide and then I'm taking the actions to make it happen. And because I'm doing the work, opportunities arise, which allow me to actually get to what I want. Exactly. And I always say, put it to your soul filter. How does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel? Because most of the time, especially in business, we are so ignoring that. We're like, mm. shut up, boys. I need to make some stuff happen. I got things on my productivity list to handle. Do you ever find people using that it doesn't really feel good to me as an excuse to not take action? It must not be the right time. It must mean I'm not supposed to do that, right? Everything lines up once you make decisions about what you want. It's not a sign. It's only a sign of you being wobbly in your certainty. So is that the very first step then, Gina, is to decide? First step is decide. Second is to decide how you really want it to be. What is my five-star version of that outcome? Oh, nice way to put it. Yeah, that's great. What's my five-star version of this thing that I want? And not deviating, right? Like we need five-star clients. I want a five-star launch experience. I'm going to have a five-star coach to help me run my group. And if you just keep coming back to it, it's five-star or no deal. You're going to get your deal. You, you, you are, you are, you are. And then you've got to make your plan. Like, okay, what's my winning plan? How do I want to back up this decision? I could definitely see situations in which people make the decision and then they have a certain expectation around, I made the decision and so it's just going to happen overnight or within a couple of weeks. I'm assuming it doesn't, sometimes it takes longer. And so what is your advice to people who are in that process in order to stay the course and not stop? You got to be in it for the long game, even if you want a very quick short-term result, like you need a cash infusion. I remember there was a time or I had some personal things going on in my life that totally took me off my game, that completely distracted me from my business. I was in fear. It was intense. And I was like, oh, look at my business. I've lost a bunch of my clients and I haven't had any new ones in a while. This is super weird. I was trying really hard to fix it. None of my normal stuff worked because I was completely coming mm. from a place of desperation. And at some point I got so sick of this routine of nothing was working. I knew my mindset sucked. So finally I made the decision, all right, I'm going to get out of debt. I was in massive debt and I don't care. Even if it takes me five years, I need to pay attention to whatever mindset got me here. And I need to up my wealth set point. Like, what do I expect in terms of money? I really have to work on that. If it takes me five years to get out of debt, it's going to take me five years, but I have to play different. First month, I had a little breakthrough. Some money came through. It was nice. I paid off a small debt, nowhere near what needed to be paid off. But I just kept saying, I need to practice the practices. That's what's most important. That's more important than getting the result right now. And trust me, I needed money. I was paying for groceries on a credit card. It was a very bad time. It was very dark. 
And so just keep your head in the game. Don't make it about the result. Play the long game. Within, I think it took me nine months. I paid off all the debt. I couldn't even have fathomed that it would happen that quick. And I tripled my income. It had been like a decade dry streak on like making big jumps in my income. So you have to play the long game because otherwise we're attached to it has to happen now. And you're so, when you're attached to it has to happen now, what are you really saying? I don't believe it's going to happen. I don't believe I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to get that result that I want. I'm not going to meet my income goal. I'm not going to have my launch preparations done. Play the long game, no matter how crucial that deadline feels, because you will play a winning game. You will play much different. Talk about the role of trust and faith in this process. Yeah. You really do have to keep coming back to the decision-making process. And sometimes you're going to feel like you're crazy for trusting that this is going to work out for you because you don't have any evidence. It doesn't make logical sense. And there probably is evidence. We're just ignoring it. Like we usually look at evidence as the big score, right? Instead of the little things. Not only the big score, but the big score on the day that I wanted it to happen, right? We just have to keep doing it until it feels more natural. I'm on my 11th year. I coach a multi-billionaire. We are still practicing. She's still working on remembering that you get to have it all. Like we're all, we're human beings. It's not one and done. Blowing it up, it's a constant coming back to, I actually get to be the person that gets to have what I want. This isn't just for some of those people out there or the Instagram famous people. I get to be that person that gets to have what she or he wants. Because I do, because I've decided. So there. So let's talk. (laughs) What Gina shared with us is really different from the other strategies on this podcast. But whether you want to call it law of attraction or just mindset, I do think it's an absolutely key ingredient in blowing up your business. So let me do a quickie recap of Gina's recommendations for getting your mind to work for you in your business. The first step is to decide. That's it. Just decide. Step two is to decide then on your five-star version of that outcome, of that decision. Step three, begin stretching your mindset. Step four, don't get stuck on the exact details of the result that you want or the exact timing. Trust that if you decided it, it will happen. And then look for evidence, small and large, that it is happening. Big, big thanks to Gina for her inspiring and instructive stories. Be sure to download Gina's gift for you, the More Clients Now template. It contains Gina's number one mindset hack, which takes only five minutes a day, she says, and helps you attract more clients without what Gina calls a bunch of marketing malarkey. Get your copy of it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Gina. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eaney, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. 
To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have, you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think, and they're afraid. They were, honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone, and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at, like, you know, my fears, going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but... uh, You know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you asked me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard.